Father, we thank you. We praise you. We exalt you for being an on-time God. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your Son, Jesus the Christ. Thank you for an awesome ministry of music. Now, God, speak to our hearts. Move by your Spirit. Comfort our hurts. Give us purpose for our pain. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. 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 Hallelujah. We greet you this morning in the precious, miraculous, exalted name of Jesus the Christ. Somebody said he's worthy to be praised. Every time we meet, we just warming up for the main event. Can I get a witness? When we get the glory, where zillions of angels fall down prostrate, and all they do is say, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, he who was, he who is, who it is to come, the Almighty, the Lord is good. This morning, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, you know the text well, but I want to take a different angle this morning, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8 and 9, church say amen. amen. For this thing I besought the Lord three times, thrice, that it might depart from me. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I want it out. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Turn to your neighbor and say, he won't take it out. Therefore, most gladly will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Turn your neighbor and say, I need a shout anyhow. I want it out. He won't take it out, so I just need to shout it out. You didn't hear that. I want it out. He won't take it out. So I just need to shout it out. This morning, I want to challenge your hearts around the subject, balancing a bunch of baggage. Balancing a bunch 
baggage. Balance is always a difficult objective to achieve in our lives. Balance is defined by all things being equal. A perspective on all things. The bad, the good, the ups, the downs. And the balanced life can be costly because it brings discomfort. It also can interfere with my personal desires. Accountants know that if they're going to balance their financial sheets, the debits and the credits, the accounts payable, the accounts received, all have to And spiritually, God the Holy Spirit, through the process of regeneration, wants to bring balance to our lives. Too many Christians have an imbalance when it comes to their spirituality. They're either on the mountaintop shouting or they're in the valley pouting. They either, uh, yeah, holding their hands up or holding their heads down. They rejoice when all is well. And they regurgitate when all is bad. And when you think about the balanced life, it's a life of afflictions and acceptance. Mm. It's a life spiritually where God wants us to have a balance in our reasoning, a balance in our righteousness, a balance in our relationships according to the word that until you and I mature, it's hard to deal with the vicissitudes of life. And one of the signs of immaturity is that as long as a child is getting everything they want, they're happy. But when things are taken from that child, Saved. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 undoubtedly is a spiritual balance sheet for the child of God. In, in it, we see privileges and pain, prayers and purposes, denials and dependencies, glory and grace, power and peace, all of which are a balancing, yeah, GPS system of God. And I need to say this uh, as transparently as I can 
Um, for me, balance is very difficult. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. It's hard sometimes. To keep the even kill, no matter what's going on around. Paul, 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 Paul told the Philippians, for I have learned in whatever state I'm in to be what? Content. I can shout when things are bad. Yeah. And I can still rejoice when things are good. There's just this even kill that the writer talks about. And, and when you listen to Paul, 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 this explains why Paul was sold out. Paul, Paul was sold out. Paul said in Philippians 1, for me to live is Christ. There's no other purpose to live but Christ. For me to live is Christ. And you can't, you can't make that statement with confidence if Christ did not perform something in your life that gives you that type of conviction. And he said, to die is even better as gain. Can I get a witness? Paul, 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 Paul had a strong perspective. He says, the things, Philippians 1.12, that happened to me have fallen out to the furtherance of the gospel. In other words, I took a hit, but somebody else was helped. I, I had to I had to suffer, but somebody else was secured. I I had I had to go through some pain, but it was a profit to somebody else. I hope you get this this morning. That 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 is that is Paul. Paul knew, Paul understood that, Amen. For him to get that balance. In spite of all of his baggage, he needed the blessings of God to take control. Do I have a witness? And, and, and child of God, when I come to this chapter, it, 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 it reminds me that God is not just working for your good. God is working for his glory. Can I get a witness? Amen. God is not working just for you to be happy. God is working, amen, on behalf of his holiness. That, that, that God's got a plan, amen, for you, with you, and even in spite of you. There's a plan that's going to take place with your help or without your help. Can I get a witness? See, see here, here's, here's the problem in the church. We have heard so much about seasons and blessings and prosperity that we forget God's plan was first before you came up with a plan. Can I get a witness? He, he already had a plan. For, I have plans for you, Jeremiah 31, plans of good, not of you to bring you to a what? A desired end. And, 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 and it's here, it's here in this chapter, chapter 12, 2 Corinthians, that Paul in 2 Corinthians is defending his ministry and apostleship. And, and, and Paul gives us a close-up view of a 14-year secret that has just come to fruition. That is, that is when, you, when you study the historicity of this text, you will find out that 
somewhere between Acts 9, 30, when he got knocked down the Damascus Road by Jesus at, at noontime, when Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, who are you, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus. Between Acts 9 to Acts 11 is when this particular vision took place. It's when he met Barnabas. It's when Paul was blinded on the Damascus Road, went to a street called Straight, talked to an Ananias. His eyes came open. You know the story. And then in chapter 11, he met, he met Barnabas, son of consolation. Nobody else went to fool with Paul. Barnabas took him in. It was somewhere between them two uh, episodes that Paul has this miraculous vision from Jesus. And Jesus used that vision to give him a man high octane for the rest of his life. Don't you know God will do something in your life one time that will make your heart fix, your mind made up? Do you know God will choose one episode? It could have been saving your child. It could have been saving your marriage. It could have been, come on now, saving your mind. Somebody was about to go haywire. God stepped in and Jesus let you know it was him, not the pastor. It was him, not your family. It was him, not your job, not your education, not your neighbors, but it was him. Now unto him. And when God finished that thing, you made it up in your mind for the rest of my life. I'm running for him for the, for the rest of my life. I'm living for him for the, for the rest of my life. I'm talking for him for, for the rest of my life. I'm teaching for him. I'm preaching for him for the rest of my life. Paul, 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 Paul. Paul in this chapter sees these contrasting statements, pain and purpose, power and peace. And this thorn in Paul's flesh, I call it a DDD, a divine deflationary device. God took this thorn in the Greek, which means, no, let him sit wherever he want to sit. Let him sit wherever he is. Come on up front, man. Took this thorn, took this thorn, this thorn in the flesh means to take a rod and beat at will. To just keep beating and beating and beating. And there are four characteristics in this text that lose my mind. How does, how does God balance ah, all of this baggage in our lives? How does he balance our lives? Hmm. Hmm. Mountaintop Valley. Pain promises. How does he keep us even kill with everything? You know, we typically teach our kids that privilege demands responsibility. 
Isn't that right? That's, that's a good rule of thumb. You want the privileges, you got to do the responsibility. That's, that's kind, that kind of balances things out. Isn't that right? My mother used to say, you want to go out? Y'all got to clean this house. Come on now. You got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. Then you can go out. And, and here's what I like. Ain't nobody going out till everything is done. That, 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 that helps you with teamwork. Helps you with teamwork. Well, I'm finished the kitchen. No, no, that ain't good enough. The bathroom, living room, dining room, bedroom, all that got to be finished. So what happens, if somebody's in there slow, you start pushing them to get it done. So you holding us up. I remember in the military, when, they, when the T.I. came through the barracks, all they had to do was find one person wrong, everybody suffered. Can I get it? So we had code reds, you know what I'm talking about, you know. Showers for everybody. Because, because they, were, they were building team. But, but it's here in this context, and I want to go through this and let you see something about the Spirit of God, that first we see the benefits of God's powerful privileges. Chapter 12, 2 Corinthians 12, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 to 5. He said, it is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. Now, notice whatever these experiences are, they were for God's glory. Let me stop, pause, and park for God's glory. Glory means you have nothing to do with it. Can I get a witness? You know, God going to get glory out of your life whether your life is glorious or not. Amen. Are you praying with me? Because that's the type of God he is. And this glory demanded that Paul was honored. He said, that was the glory. I will come to vision and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago. Now, here's the 14 years. Now, stop, because Paul is speaking in the third person. You got to understand the original language, the Greek. You got to understand the tense of these verbs. Why is Paul speaking in the third person? He's speaking in the third person because he don't want to bring no attention on him. I knew a man. The man is him. Yeah, I, I, I can sit up here in the pulpit and say, I knew a man in 66 who was in the clubs, in the bars, doing this, doing that, but God saved him. And I could be talking about myself. In fact, you can talk in the third person right now. All you got to do is say, I knew a person who used to be this, but now they're this. Can I, and it's for his glory, isn't it? Ain't nobody think about your reputation. It's for his glory. And the reason God can't get the glory, because we won't tell the whole story. I like to see somebody come to church and say, you know, I was a, I was a functioning prostitute. But the Lord saved me, now shop is closed up in the name of Jesus. I, I, I just like that kind of testimony. Can I get a witness? In other words, she's showing us the glory of God manifested in her life. Let me look at the clock. Oh, I'm going to preach the word now. Y'all come running up in here cute as a cucumber. Ain't never did nothing, ain't never been against nothing, ain't never been for nothing. You just sitting there like, hey, you know, all that. And God can't get no glory out of your life. Can I get away? Because you keep lying about your life. 
But my Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. And people that don't want to talk about their past got a reason why they don't talk about their past because they're still living in the present. See, if I'm still doing the same thing I did in the 60s, I ought not talk about it. But I can talk about it when I know I've come out from among them. I can talk about it when I know that I'm, I've been cleansed by the blood. I can talk about it when I sleep home at night. I can, oh, I'm preaching up in this, but I can talk about it when I'm living, when I'm preaching. Oh, I can talk about it all day long. Can I get a witness? And, and child of God, Paul deals with these benefits. Look what he says. I knew a man, third person in Christ. Verse 2, about 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, whether out of the body I cannot tell, whether it was by spirit, a spiritual realm or physical, I was caught up to the third heaven. First heaven is the clouds. We, we go past the clouds every time we catch a plane. Can I get a witness? Second heaven is the universe. Man walked on the moon, I think in 1969. Well, the third heaven, you can't get to without God. That's paradise. Can I get a witness? And Paul says, Paul says, Paul says, Paul says, yeah, I, I, I was caught up to the third heaven and I knew such a man, whether in the body or out, I cannot tell God knows how he was caught up into paradise and heard inexplicable, unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to even utter. No, 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 please get this picture. God takes Paul, knocks him down the Damascus Road, open up his eyes, and zips him in the glory. When he's in glory, he sees Jesus, the glorified Christ, sees all these angels, see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, see all the patriarchs, see all the redeemed, and then he's told, don't open your mouth. There are things up here they don't need to know on earth. Can I get a witness? Paul, Paul had privilege and God gives us privileges doesn't he give us privileges family and finances and health and strength and work and wisdom we, we, we came here clothed in our right mind now let me throw another aspect on Moses only went to the summit of a mountain Moses and Exodus went to the mountain. Moses told God, listen, I want to see your face. God said, you can't see my face, Moses, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put you in a cleft of a rock, and then I'm going to pass by and let you see my hind parts. I'm going to let you see the exhaust fumes of my glory. Elijah was taken up in a world when he was taken up in a fiery chariot at the point of death, but only Paul actually stepped into heaven. Are you praying with me? And child of God, what God is establishing right here is that Paul went into the holy of holies. And because of your privileges, in order for God to stop pride, can you imagine if God took you tonight into heaven, showed you glory and then told you don't say nothing? Some of y'all be coming back through the sky Texan. You know, I, you know where I was last night? You know what I saw last night? 
kept quiet 14 years. Here's the first principle here. Privilege without pain will bring pride. You cannot have all privileges and no problems. You'll start to fall towards pride. Are you praying with me? I know I've been privileged because I grew up in a home with two parents. Let me, let me just stop right there. I, I was talking to a young lady in the 30s. She said, Pastor, do you know that most kids in the 70s didn't have two parents? I never thought about that. I had a mother and a father. It was eight of us. Six kids, two parents. Nobody ate till dad got home. Now, you know that's gone. Dad liable to come home, ain't no more food left. This stuff is tight. Somebody might say, Dad who? I grew up with rules and relationships. Not all relationship and no rules. Uh -oh. I grew up in an era where children were seen and never heard. I don't remember having family talks on vacations. We ain't had no vacations. Wildwood Atlantic City, that was it. Here we are going on two and three vacations. Exotic islands. Can I get a witness? We, we were we privileged. Clothes we wore were called hand-me-downs. Y'all ain't getting this. Didn't, didn't I see your brother with that sweat on? Yeah, you see. <laughs> Nobody bag no clothes in my house and take to the Goodwill. We were the Goodwill. Y'all ain't praying through this thing. And we had to go to church. Oh, I know I'm messing up now. There were no options about church. But when all the privileges that God gives us, he's got to balance the privileges with some problems and pain. Because when there's pain in my life, it gives me a different perspective on the privileges. I can appreciate are y'all getting this? I can appreciate from whence I came. Hmm? Lord, have mercy. Spam. Processed cheese. Let me, let me, let me look at this clock, Doc. Brother God, nah, I don't eat no pork. Well, you ate pork. You, you, listen, listen you, ate some, you ate so much pork, just go like this. All right. All right. 
Jesus bear the cross alone, all the world go free. No, there's a cross for everyone, and there's a cross for me. Now, God chooses the pain. You don't choose that. It could be your children, it could be your marriage, it could be your health, it could be your finance, it could be your, your mindset, it, it could be your history, it could be whatever God deems it to be. See, this is why you got all these idiots on TV calling themselves preaching, giving you a bunch of lies. All you got to do is name it and claim it in the name of Jesus. God, God is not, first of all, going to heal everything. God's not going to change everything. God's not going to, come on now, God's not going to put you in a mansion because you are in trouble financially. Can I get a witness? Somebody needs to preach this stuff. Because if you keep believing that, it makes God to be a liar. Can I get a witness? Why, why do the righteous keep suffering? And then those of us that are saved got to go through so much turmoil. Look what Paul says. Look what Paul says, verse 5. Amen. He says, uh, amen, chapter 12, verse 5. He says, uh, I was caught up, verse 4, in the paradise, heard unspeakable words of such a one will I glory, don't miss this, yet I myself will not glory but in my infirmities. Look at this balancing act to humble them. It says, for though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth, but now... I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me, unless, here it comes, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations of privileges, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. A divine deflationary device, a beating mechanism to keep reminding me about balance. Balance. Mm. The messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted, what? Above measure. Now, Paul, Paul saying a mouthful here. You mean God actually called up Satan? And told Satan, sick Raymond Gordon. Beat him at will. Beat him continuously. So that I may balance privileges and pain. I've got to put a mechanism in his life so he don't get carried away. I got to leave something that hurts him every time he thinks about it. I got to let something afflict him so he remains humble 
and I can keep on blessing him. Do I have a witness? Now, 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 the Bible says where much is given, much is required. Isn't that right? Now, some people are privileged. Privileged. We got members here that live, that, that are millionaires, that, that live in million dollar homes. We got, listen, we got members here, listen to me, that have multiple doctorates. Multiple. Earned. We got people here that are CEOs. People here that are on a high stratosphere of society. And you need not look at them and compare yourself and say, well, why not me? Because with all of that came some pain. God engineered something in their life that every time society would lift them up, that thorn would pull them back down. Every, every, every time they would lift themselves up, that thorn would pull them back down. Every time they start looking down on you, God will pull them back down so they're even with you. Am I preaching up in this place? Every time I thought I was all this in a bag of chips, I found out there was a hole in the bag. Can I get a witness? Every time, every time, every time I pulled up in a chariot, every time, yeah, I, I, you can see my beautiful million-dollar home. Every time there was something else that God counted it with. Can I get a witness? Yeah, I got, I got multiple sclerosis. I, I got kidney problems. I got liver problems. I got cancer. Something that God engineered in so you can still have the blessing. But you was going to have a burden. Can I get a witness? And it's the burden where God gets the glory. It's the burden that makes me stay on my knees. It's the burden that makes me want to shout. It's the, it's the burden that makes me want to stay in his word. It's the, it's the burden. I got humbled one day years ago. I came to the gym. Now, we, 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 we marched in here in 1994. Every Tuesday and Saturday, I played full-court basketball for hours. For hours, just running up and down the court. Man, about six years ago, I came out on the court. Oh, pastor's here. I went down that court two times. I said, <laughs> to my hair. I thought I was dying. See, things we used to do keep living. You, you can't do anymore. And the worst thing you do is listen to your mind and not your body. Can I get a witness? You, you keep listening to your mind and not your body. And then when you wake up in the hospital, the mind will say, I told you so. This body's shutting down, isn't it? Come on, ain't the body shutting down? This thorn was a physical, mental, emotional pain to the Apostle Paul. But here's what Paul was taking away from this. The immediate cause was from Satan. But the ultimate cause was from God. Whenever the ultimate 
is God and the immediate is Satan, you have nothing to worry about. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning. Are you with me? The balancing of Paul's pain was God uh -uh, allowing Satan to beat on him. And it was painful. We have to stop Paul's park and ask ourselves a question. What balancing act is God bringing into my life? Hmm. Now, we suffer for very many reasons. We suffer because we're getting older. Things are changing. We suffer when we're disobedient to the Spirit of God and He has to chasten us. Right? And sometimes we just suffer for His glory. It's for His glory. I've had parents come to my study in a counseling context and just say, Pastor, why my kids? There's no answer. I just say, well, well, we'll keep praying. Are you praying with me? Have another couple come in and say, why this? Which has nothing to do with kids. So the fact of the matter is, whatever comes to our lives, the privileges must be balanced by problems and pain. Look at the third characteristic here, and I and I and I and I thank God for this. From yeah, the benefits to the balancing comes the blessing of grace. Now check out what Paul says, and let's let's look at it real real slowly. Paul says, verse eight, for this. Thing. Let's give him credit. He's only praying about one thing. For this thing. What thing? This pain. I don't know how you deal with pain. I don't deal with pain too good. No, some people handle it much better than others. I don't, I don't deal with it too good. I, I don't do When my gums and teeth are killing me, and I'm sitting up in a dentist chair, and I'm about to go out of my mind, I don't have a lot to say. Get it out. Well, this is right in front. Get them all out. <laughs> I ain't worrying about no reconstruction. I ain't worrying about no smile. Get this thing out of my mouth. And then when he makes a prescription, come on now, y'all know what I'm talking about. And I got a fear of being addicted. Always did. I, I don't like drugs. I, I stay away from drugs. And this thing said, take, and you can tell the dosage when it says take one, Every two hours, you good. When it say take one every 12 hours, that's drugs. <laughs> you ain't hearing me. And invariably, and I'm saved and I love the Lord and I'm trying to do right by the medicine, the pain starts to dictate how much I take. <laughs> Not the doctor. Zip. I don't feel no relief. Zip, zip. <laughs> Lord have mercy don't you do that one day I was taking some medicine for some pain sister Gordon said did you read get, get away from me <laughs> read nothing 
Check it out. Paul says, for this thing I went to the Lord three times that it might what? Depart from me. Lord, take this thing. Time one. Lord, take it in the name of Jesus. You know, we got to say that. That's the, that's the will mover. When we start praying like that, we know God going to move. We're using his son's name. So then I go back the second time. Lord, take it in the name of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Lord, you got to take it or I'm going to die in the name of the God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, angels, principalities, powers, dominions, thrones. Listen, li listen, y'all laugh. We can pray when we in pain. Boy, we can pray like we never prayed before. I see people coming to the pulpit with these little fictitious prayers. Oh, uh, you know, uh, oh Lord, my, my great heavenly Father, you ain't in no pain. Get in some pain. You'll start praying, though. You'll start praying. I mean, praying. You won't be up there talking about God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You, you won't even be pull up Isaac and Jacob and Abraham. You, you, Lord. If you don't do something, I'm going back in the world. <laughs> Woo! Lord, you got to do something before I cuss somebody out. You, you, boy, you start praying. You be working that thing. Won't you work it? You did it for Noah. You did it, Lord God, for Elijah. You did it, Lord God, for David, and he sinned. You did it for Solomon, and he was crazy. Lord, you did it. You got to do something for me. Take this husband. You wake up in the morning, he says, good morning, baby. <laughs> Why won't God answer our prayers? Because his purposes are more important than your prayers. Check it out. Look what he says three times. That it might what? That it might what? I want this thing to depart from me. Get it out of Dodge. Get it out of my life. Get it out of my lifeline. It's got to go. It's causing me And look at this. Look at the blessings of grace. And he said to me, this is Jesus talking, my grace, love you don't deserve, 
Two things in this ninth verse that are revolutionary. One is, listen to this, God is more in God is more inclined towards transformation than he is towards substitutes. God will give you some substitutes, but God's norm is transformation. But what do you mean by that? He's going to take the problem and work you to put up and live with the problem, praise him in spite of the problem, thanking for the problem. That's transformation. A substitute is to change everything out. Well, my wife burnt my toes. I want another wife. That's a substitute. Give me somebody who can make toast. Why y'all laughing? God is not interested in adding substitutes to your life. Why? Substitutes means that every time it gets hot, you want out. Every time hell breaks out, you want God to deal with the hell, but not with you. See, God is going to make us. He's going to transform us. He's going to change us. He's going to metamorphosize us. So no matter what comes our way, we are balanced. I can praise him. I can thank him. I can go to church and run for him. I can serve. Can I get a witness? No matter what's coming, if I lose my job, praise his name. If the kids are acting up, praise his name. In everything, everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Thank you for the mountains. Thank you for the valleys. Thank you for the storms. You brought me through. If I never had a problem, I wouldn't know you could solve them. That's what faith in God would surely do. And then it's already said, through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Well, why do you go to church? Because I serve an awesome God. Why do you pray? Because my God is an awesome God. My God is a God of promises and not premises. My God is my refuge and my strength. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. I've proven him. He's been battle tested. I've come through the fire, through the flood, through the waters, and he's worthy. Worthy to be praised. Look, 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 look. Look at the two dynamics here in verse 9. Sufficient grace. God's formula for friction. Look what he says. The love you don't deserve is grace. I'm giving you a super abundance of grace to cover the grief. The grief is covered. It's called sufficiency. Can I get a witness? This is growth process stuff. This is not for babes. Babes don't want no sufficient grace. Can I get a witness? You know what babes want? Babes want deliverance. 
They don't want no sufficient grace. When you got a baby crying, you can you can cat cat all you want. And guess what? A baby knows the difference between a pacifier and a milk bottle. Can I get a witness? The pacifier is a psych job. It's to say, let me put something in your mouth and let you think it's a bottle and it'll put you to sleep. There are some babies, you put the pacifier, they spit it out. They want the milk. I'm preaching up in this place, God. They want to taste and see that the Lord is good. They want the goodness of God in the land of the living. Do I have a witness? He moves from sufficient grace to strengthening grace. Don't miss this because Jesus comes along and says that, amen, this is, in the continuous tense in the Greek, my power is made perfect in your weakness. Now stop, stop. Listen up this. Strength that knows itself to be strength is really weakness. And weakness that knows itself to be weakness is really strength. So here's what God is saying. This grace that I'm sending you won't, won't, won't even cut on till you come to a point where you acknowledge that you are weak. As long as you walk around here like you Hercules and you got it all together and amen, you know what you got to do. God said grace ain't even turning on. Grace turns on when you have surrendered. Grace turns on when you have given up hope. Grace, grace turns on when you said, I can't do this by myself. Can I get away? See, it's all right to say, Lord, I, I, I got problems sexually and I can't trust myself with fornication. I need some help. Can I get a witness? Oh, y'all can't say amen to that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Lord, Lord, if I walk past a liquor store, the temptation might be too great. I need some power on the inside. Do I have a witness? It's the admission of your weakness. Lord, I can't handle this marriage. I, I can't handle this ministry. I, I can't handle this job. But, but God, I know you're able. Can I get a witness? And when you start making them confessions, when, when you start saying you powerful and I'm nothing, you're everything and I'm nothing, when you start acknowledging, then grace opens up the door. Grace walks on in. Grace puts on the boxing gloves. Grace knocks the devil out. Grace knocks your enemy out. Grace knocks your denunciation out. Because greater, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Can I get a witness? So Paul says, most gladly, therefore, I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Once I say I'm weak, Jesus said, but I'm strong. Once I say I can't do it, Jesus said it's already done. Once I say I can't handle it, Jesus said it's already handled. Because his strength is made perfect, 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 perfect in my weakness. 
in my weakness. In my weakness. Uh-oh. The benefits, the balancing, the blessings. But check out the benevolence. Check out verse 10. Therefore, now this is the second therefore. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. My issues, my hurts, my history, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecution, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, uh, then I am strong. Can I get a witness? It's not until you and I accept the fact that we are weak, feeble, futile, foolish, fragmented. It's not till we accept, amen, the weak that we become strong. So God is saying, I'm strong when I'm weak, I'm peaceful when I'm in pain, and I'm powerful, yeah, when problems come into my life. Why, Paul? Because God wants to switch the emphasis off of me and onto him, now unto him, who's able to keep you from falling. And to present you faultless before the presence, can I get a witness, in all of his glory. To be balanced is a blessing. To be balanced means that my struggles, amen, have now become advantageous. To be balanced means that I don't go too high up the mountain. Don't go too low in the valley. For whatever things that are happening in my life, to him be the glory. He gives you a powerful perspective when you take the spotlight off yourself and say for his purposes he has bought some pain in my life. It's only a test. I want to give the pain back to him. I want to confess I can't handle the pain. I want to confess I don't even like the pain. But I'm going to confess that the pain is profitable. If I believe who he is, can I get a witness? But Lord, you took my loved one. You broke my heart. Lord, I cried all night. But I know that I'll see him again. I know that your blessed Holy Spirit will comfort me. I know you're going to draw me closer to you through this. I knew of you. But after this, I know you. Can I get a witness? I've, I've walked beside you. Now I'm walking with you. Can I get a witness? See, saints, you got to go through something so that God can balance out the baggage. Can I get a witness? You know, child of God, I've been pastoring 25 years, but I will never turn around because I've come too far by faith. Can I get a witness? Eyes ain't no eyes. Can I get a witness? 
I can't turn around now. I've seen too much. I know too much. I've witnessed too much. And he's able, and he able, if he can save a sinner like me, he's able to pick me up. He's able to turn me around. He's able to plant my feet upon a solid ground. Can I get a witness? He's able to turn my jolts into joy. He's able to put a smile on my face, to put joy in my heart, to put running in my feet, to put clapping in my hands. Can I get a witness? I know the man from Galilee. Can I get a witness? I've got pain, but I've got privileges, but I've got perspective. He's worthy. The lamb is worthy. He's worthy to be praised. Sometimes I'm not doing good. Sometimes I'm doing very well. Sometimes I'm up. Sometimes I'm down. Sometimes I wonder how I'm going to make it. But the Lord orders my steps. The Lord fills me with gladness. The Lord gives me joy. This joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me. And the world can't take it away. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Say it, say it, say it. balance the baggage when you let go and let God. Let's stay on our feet this morning. Stay on our feet. As every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Nobody's talking, nobody's looking up. If you're here this morning, you need to be saved, born again, blood washed, blood bought, redeemed. Jesus is God's son and the son of God. He died for all your sins, past, present, and future. He was buried, but he rose the third day with all power. If you, by an admission of your hand, say, Lord, I want you to come to my life and save me, you will be saved. Raise your hand if you want to be saved. Raise your hand if you want to be saved. You want to be born again. Is there one? I see your hands in the back. Perhaps you want to join the church in Christian experience. Raise your hand. If you want to join St. Matthew's, you need to belong to a Bible-teaching, Bible-believing church. If your hands are raised, meet me right up here in front. Come on, come on. Jesus said, you'd be ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Come on. Your hands are raised. Come on. We had five this morning. Come on. Praise the Lord. My brother.
Thank you, man. Thank you. Right here. Is there another in the back? Right here. Come on up, baby. Thank you, darling. Is there another? Is there another? Step out. Step out. Step out. Is there another? You know when you feel a pain? You feel a pain when you continue to carry it. Jesus wants us to exchange our pain for his power. I can do all things through Christ who keeps on strengthening me. Praise Jesus. Come on down. Is there another? Is there another? I didn't have the power to break away from cigarettes on my own, sex, running the streets. I ain't had the power. I know you talk to some Christians, they just laid it down. I struggled with consecration in my life. How many of you struggled? You know who took that stuff away? Jesus. He gave you the super abounding power to leave sin. Is there another? God bless you. You may be seated. Ministers, thank you. Can I get another one, please? Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Listen up. Shh, nobody's talking. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for such a splendid chapter, a very strange chapter of exchanging our weaknesses for your power. We all need balancing in our lives. We all need help. We all suffer daily with our pain. But you are the doctor whose medicine is his word. And God, we trust you with those areas of pain in which we struggle. Creating us clean hearts and renew right spirits within us. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Now prepare our hearts for your holy supper, Lord. On the night you was betrayed, you took bread, broke it, said, take it, this is my body. Passed the wine, said, drink, this is the wine of the New Testament. And you said, as often as you do this, you show remembrance of me till I come. Thank you for this memorial. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask you to reach down to the bottom and pour out a flask. If you're not saved, do not partake. You will be eating and drinking damnation to your soul. Shh, do it quietly, please. Do it quietly. This is a memorial, and we got to do this with discernment. Just hold the wafer in your hand. Do not partake. This wafer symbolic of his body that was crucified on the cross for you and for me. This grape juice is symbolic of his blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. And Jesus said, as often as you do this, you show a memorial to me till I come back. Let's all partake of the wafer, thinking about his death on the cross with his body. Followed by the grape juice, 
which is a memorial of his blood shed for our sins. Amen. I ask you to stand on your feet, dispose of these properly. Let's all stand. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, if you are going to balance the baggage, you must see things as God sees them. He's the power. You are the clay. He wants to take you, make you, shape you, and mold you. But you have to go out the door confessing that you are weak and he is strong. Father, bless us with your benediction. Bless every family on the sound of my voice. And thank you for the privileges. Thank you for the benefits. Thank you for the balancing. Thank you for the blessings. Thank you for the benevolence of your peace. I choose to give you all of my pain in exchange for your promotion. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Pastor loves you. See you Wednesday for CORE. It's 1220. Out of here.